You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Joseph. Three years ago, this Portland-based band of sisters came onto the scene with an incredible album called I'm Alive, No You're Not. That album caused them to tour the world, and the growth they experienced during that time was truly incredible. Now they're back with their next album, Good Luck Kid, and on this episode we chat about what it was like for them to regroup and make this new body of work. It's important to note that this episode was recorded in a busy cafe and you will hear some background noise during our chat. Apologies for that, but trust me when I say that you're going to love this chat. This is the 405 Exchange with Joseph. Enjoy. It is really damn great to have you guys back in the music world, which always feels like a weird thing to say. It's not like you guys went away, but in terms of like releasing music and touring, and you guys are back. So we're yeah. back. back. We're back. It it's is really damn you. great. Yeah. I know. I'm really happy about it. <laughs> uh, we first crossed paths back in 2016 uh, at Bonnaroo. Um, yeah, that's right. I, yeah, I remember what was really special is that I saw you guys playing. Uh, like it was such a hot fucking day. It was like one of those things where you guys are playing on one of the small stages yes! and people were like walking by and it was so beautiful seeing as the set progressed, seeing people just stop in their tracks and stay and watching it. Mm. Like that was, that was the amazing. first time we ever played at Bonnaroo. That was yeah. like, oh wow, that's cool. I was gonna ask that if you guys remember that quite fondly. That's oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that that thing of people stopping and the crowd getting bigger and it was yeah. so fun. Really special. Like, Especially on rem- such a hot day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember what was also cool was hanging out with you guys and bouncing from stage to stage and like seeing you actually take in the music because I think something that people don't really recognize is that it become feeling so much like work that some people won't even really get to enjoy it. But you guys mm-hmm. were just like take it all in for everything that it was worth. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Definitely. It's such a privilege to get to be at these places and hear such incredible artists. So I love, side stage is like one of the best places in the world, in my opinion. It's just so special. Uh, so tell me, like, one of the big things I definitely wanted to ask you when I knew I was going to be talking to you was, I mean, only get to experience your first album once. What was it like for you guys coming off tour for the first time? Like, touring for the first record? Like, what were those couple days, weeks like? Do you remember? Uh, I think we were all just sitting staring at walls after, (laughs) (laughs) after it all happened. It was amazing, though. It was our first time ever touring with a band, because we'd just done, like, trio stuff before, um... And it was really, really exhilarating, I thought. Like, are you talking about when, like, the album cycle was over yeah, and when we the got album home? Done, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we were really, really exhausted. Yeah. It was different for all of us, you mm-hmm. know? I think it was, like, I felt like we were really hitting our stride, especially with the band toward the end. And yeah. I yeah. definitely, I was like, oh, my gosh, let's keep this It did. It rolling. felt like it was kind of going, like, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. Really but cool. Ali's right. Like when you get home, you just kind of sit in your chair and you're basically still for three days straight. Yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because your friends just kind of start to like know that you're never around. So then when you are around, you get home and you like you have to be the one to reach out because nobody knows that you're back. Yeah. And so you're like, do I want to do that? <laughs> or like it's just crazy. Yeah. But special. That's incredible. And, uh, you know, throughout touring for the first album, we got to play some massive shows. I mentioned before as a recorder, but one of the really special highlights of that whole cycle is when you 
uh, played Radio City with the amazing James Bay. Uh, that was a really amazing night. I really wanted to connect with you guys on that night, but now that I have you here, can you tell me what that was like for you? Because that is just oh an unbelievable gosh. type of thing to experience. It unbelievable. Just walking in and you see all of the lights, you know, but you're seeing it from the other side. And it's still, it was orange and lit up like that in the, like when we got there. And I remember after we were done with soundcheck, we were trying to take all these selfies and they were <laughs> shooing us off of the stage because the stage was dark. Yeah. And then there was a guy who gave us a tour of the downstairs yeah. of like all of the pulley systems and everything that was happening. He'd been there for how many years? Like 45 yeah, years. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. Complete also, character. Also, so funny, I like sat like way up at the top watching um, James's sound check and thankfully they were practicing because they had a big screen for that one that like came down and the whole band was behind it and when they pulled the screen up it grabbed yeah James's microphone and the microphone stand started oh, going shit. up in the sky. <laughs> it was so funny. You're like, cut, cut. Okay. Redo, redo. It was so funny. I, I was can like, just imagine James laughing full <laughs> oh, force. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. a, for people listening, never met him. Truly lovely guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Truly lovely guy. Like, really oh my god. He's like, been such a champion for us. He really brought us under his wing and has really helped us along the way. That's yeah. a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, so the reason I brought up the live show is because I feel like in guards. Of like how a lot of acts end up approaching their second album. A lot of the things oh. that end up informing it is the live show and those uh-huh. experiences coming off tour. So That's nail on the kinda, head. You are very good. It's nail all coming together. So can you head. talk a bit about like how the live shows ended up influencing how you went about the second record? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's just a crazy kind of energy when you're on stage with a band and you feel those loud moments getting louder than they could have ever gotten with just the three of us and when we were writing I remember thinking I also super inspired by Dawes I saw a live show of theirs and I was just blown away by how the melodic lines exist so much in the guitar parts yes and so I was like that was a huge thing going in as I because in the past we're really singers like that's what we that's what we really do that's our expertise in songwriting and so when we go in to record, we'll have these songs, and we just ask the producer, like, hey, can you put some music to this, essentially? Like, that's a really bald way to say it, but... And then it ends up just being more of a bed, whereas this time I wanted the parts to be just as much a part of the melodic experience, you know? And and so that we could have those electric moments on stage when we go to do it live. Yeah, I also feel like we... It's, like, interesting when you're building a whole set list and everything, how you, like really want all the big songs to kind of carry um but anyways basically i think that it um influenced the album because we wanted to make sure that we had like a really good handful of like big kind of belty songs that could carry the you know the set list as it went you know so that felt i think that we accomplished that yeah um really well and we also have some really tender moments on it too to like give the audience a break you know both in listening to the record and also in the live performance. So, but yeah, it definitely influenced our album for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you referenced Dawes, and I imagine with a lot of the other acts you guys saw live over the course yep. of promoting oh, yeah. the first album, I think something that you can really garner from watching a live set is that it does have those peaks and valleys, but mm. it never stops being a motive where it can have mm. really aggressive moments, but like really still moments that still have a lot of melody and emotion. To yeah, them. Yep. absolutely. Yeah. So something that's interesting is I actually do all my best to avoid asking about album titles. But when you have an album title as cool as Good Luck Kid, I really want to know what it's about. Like, yes. Is, so can you like tell me that? Like what kind of brought about the title? 
Yeah, um, so the song, it's from the song Good Luck Kid, and I was writing this song kind of feeling like at the head of a trail that hasn't been blazed. Yeah. You know, I had this moment where I was like, oh, I'm the adult now, somehow. It's a like, really weird feeling. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, oh, here we are, and we've inherited this world, and this is everything that's going on. I don't need to say anything about that. Everyone knows. And it's like, I feel at the helm of the ship, and I don't know how to steer it. And so I was trying to write a song about that experience, and I was actually driving with my husband at the time, who is a character icon, and we were just... I was trying to explain, I was workshopping this idea of this feeling. He's like, yeah, it's like, here you are. You've been dropped onto this planet and the universe is looking down like, good luck, kid. And, <laughs> and he just said it. And I was like, that is it. That is the thesis of the entire thing. And it's both, it's both that sarcastic, like, here you go. And it's also this sense of belief from the beyond. Of, like, you can do it. It's up to you. The, you're in the driver's seat. The keys are in your hands and you got this. Here you go. Wow. Do you guys remember what it was like when she told you all, all that at the first time? Like when this kind of yeah. conversation came about? I just remember being like, that's it? As yeah. well. Like the same feeling of just like, yeah, like, boom, easy, done. Mm-hmm. Same. Very cosmic feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's mega. Um, the latest tune that you guys released recently is called Fighter, and yeah. it feels a great evolution from where we last heard you, and as well as being like a very big expansion with the sound in general. Mm, yeah. And you always hope for that, but you guys did it. Yeah, thank so, you. Tell me, like, what was it like creating this one, and would you say it was kind of creatively invigorating in a way? Because it sounds that way when you listen to the track. Mm. Uh, I think something that was interesting about writing this song is that we were writing it about something that none of us could were really willing at the time to talk fully about. So it was this really interesting moment where I think we all were writing something together and also we were we co-wrote it with this amazing person named Jen DeSilvio and DeSilvio? Okay, yeah. good. I was anyways, um I was like maybe it's DeSilvia. Anyways. So um and, but it was like we weren't actually like talking, telling her exactly what it was that we were writing about, but we all kind of had this thing in our brain. And it feels like how it came out was like so perfect for not saying out loud what we were all talking about. Like, I don't know. <laughs> writing the song sense? is what helped us talk about what was going on. Yeah, yeah like, which was our, which was mm-hmm. our inner turmoil and yeah, between the three of us. Yeah, yeah exactly. Stuff. Yeah, and then we, um, you know, we took it to a producer, and he is this mastermind instrumentalist, and he, as when we first hear it, I was wondering in my, I, like, felt like it hit me, like, his ideas, he just did, like, a rough draft, basically, and it hit me, like, this Mack truck of, like, this is so powerful, and I was, like, is it too, is it, like, too much, is it, like, too... Coldplay, like what? And then it was like the more time that we spent with the idea, the more right it felt. And it ended up being, it was actually the first song that we made with him. And it ended up kind of opening the door for all of the sonic landscape that would come from that. So, yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense to me because when you think about how voices function, yeah. what could go with a voice can end up changing the tonality so much. So, yes. to have it fit is such a really big deal. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, 
tell me this, like considering that there's songs we've got to hear from this second album, can you tell me what would you say was probably the most surprising experience you had in the studio making this album? Like, something that really stuck out to you. Um, there was this one song that is called Enough In Your Eyes, mm. and it was so interesting because it was just kind of like an idea, a really stripped down idea that Natalie... It's almost like a meditation. Yeah, it's really interesting, and she kept being like, I really want this on the album, and and I'll speak for myself, but I was like, I like it. I think it's like really cool, but I don't know. Like, it's gonna have to have the right production, and I don't know what that will be. Kind of like feeling, it was just kind of a moment, a lot, where it was like, I don't know that that's gonna work. But she kept being like, I really want this. I really think it can work. Yeah. And then she and like our producer really like. She well, what happened? Is, in, or, oh. Yeah. I was gonna say then we got in a room and Leggy was like, let's just try it, yeah. and it was just us doing it live, and oh. something like really sparkly happened in the air and the lyric is really important to me we wrote it with our friend andrew stone street and it's like am i enough in your eyes am i enough in your eyes a phrase i wash away from my mind an idea i won't give any more time and that's been a really important mantra for me personally Mm -hmm. to to not be living and constantly wondering what people think so Mm -hmm. yeah that was a kind of a big surprising moment what about you meeks what did you think there was i was just trying to think um Yeah, I mean, Revolving Door, I think, was a really special song. That one's also pretty live as well, actually, Mm -hmm. the vocals on it. And I knew it would be special, but I'm really glad we were able to capture it in the way. I think I listen to that song, and I'm like, I don't think my pitch is, like, perfect, but I actually love that Mm -hmm. because it feels so emotional. And, like, yeah, that just, like, feels exactly what the lyrics feel like to me. Have you heard it yet, Ken? No, I haven't yet. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's one of those things where, like, when I knew I was going to do this talk with you, I was actually quite excited by the fact I hadn't heard it yet. Yeah, I love that. It gave me so much new context for when I do eventually. Yeah, that's cool. And I'll be seeing you doing a set tonight, a secret show. (laughs) By the time this goes out, it'll be well past the time the show is happening. And it was so good, wasn't it? It was such an amazing show. It's one of the best shows ever. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Also, one little snippet secret thing is I do sing the wrong words on one of the songs. The last song on the record. Yeah. There's did. one part the that I, I'm singing we the harmony. We kept it. I was going to say, do you notice that well after the fact? Like during uh, the mastering of the uh, Kind of. We just were like, no. yeah. It was just the take cool that ended up being the most magical. Because it was a live take again. Yeah. Like, and I just kind of fumbled through <laughs> <laughs> If you can't like hear yeah, it unless really you're really tell. looking for yeah. it. It's in, a, it's in the song called Room for You. Yeah. Okay, nice yeah, one. Keep your ears open. Good enough for that. Um, I only have a couple more questions <laughs> yeah. for you guys. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Oh my God, um, yeah. This one's quite a heavy one, but I really think that, you know, because everything we talked about, you could definitely explore um. it with me. Um, you kind of answered already, but I'd like to go a bit deeper in regards yeah. to just the experience of making this second album, because it is a very special thing you got to do. Yeah. When you think about what the first album was and what you are able yeah. to achieve with it, and then you contrast <laughs> it with what you have in your second album, what do you think the second album says that the first one didn't, or more that uh, the first one couldn't have said? Wow. <laughs> I love mm. that. You know, wow, thank you. I think that so many of those songs on I'm Alone, No You're Not happened in more of a personal, more kind of like quiet place, both in our personal lives and um, like a more of a almost like pastoral in the way of like art. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of like familial and, 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 and this one is so much more... I'm trying to think of something succinct to say. I mean, honestly, that idea of being in the driver's seat, I don't think that that had happened on that last album. In fact, I think that 
we just kind of threw something out into the dark and we hoped that maybe something would catch, but we didn't know what it would look like. We didn't know what it would be like to tour. It was all like brand new. And so this time, this is us, like our dad tells this story. He was talking with this um, fighter pilot from who was in a war. And, and this is kind of a dark story, but no, here please. we go. There go. Um, <laughs> he was talking about how when they were at war, of course, I don't remember any of the details because I'm so horrible at history, but um, he said that there you would he knew when a pilot got in a plane if he would come back or not by the way that he strapped on strapped into the plane. He said there were some people who would strap themselves into the plane and then there were some people who would strap the plane onto their own back. Hmm. And that idea to me of like we're going to strap the plane to our own back. You know, like, I'm in the driver's seat, and we're doing this. We know what we're doing. We're excited. We have goals. It's not an unknown. We're we're going into it with purpose and intention. And I think that that, I think the songs definitely tell a story about finding that purpose and intention. Well, that is definitely the best answer I could ever hope for. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Like, no, I mean, I was thinking no. about it. No, I'm, no, I'm not, so... <laughs> <laughs> I will say one thing that is kind of cool about this, coming from me, Allison, is... Also, I love, I'm not going to add anything. But <laughs> think of this as a separate thought. Yes. Um, but this um, this album here? feels Are more, like, collective of all of us. Because I, yeah. I have more songs that I laid on it, which is really cool. Yeah. Because the last one, I had, like, one or two, one and a half, basically. And now we all have pretty much equal... Mm-hmm. Um, we each sing four songs. Equal songs, which feels really cool. feels like... Much more it's like more us. Like, yeah, it feels more like yes. us yes. as a whole, which is really cool. Yeah. That's really true. Hey, I also united. feel like the like, sounds mimic more, more like the kind of music that we listen to like yeah. in our day-to-day. So. Well, just the way that you're talking about it, it seems that it's very clear that everything's so much more, it, at least with the way you're talking about it, seems that it feels very much more unified in some ways, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And we're, so. I'm so blown away and grateful for everything that happened with I'm Alone, No, You're Not. And I oh, yeah. still, that, that album is so special to us. And it's also just so exciting to have this new, fresh um, chance. You know, not everybody gets that. It's no, that's completely true. really, really exciting. Totally is. Um, so naturally, you'll be releasing more music uh, soon leading up to the eventual album release. Uh, what can you tell us about the next track you'll be releasing to the world? I mean, I bet you already know. Obviously, you can't yeah. say what the track is, but you yeah. can share like, a little bit of an info or not. We're yeah. going to be releasing a track that basically tells that story. There are so many references to driving on this album, and this one is the heart of it. Um, and it's it's when the driver's seat becomes yours. So um, it's a really fun driving. Uh, it's a lot more sort of punk rock almost. You yeah, know, like a little bit of a different yeah. feel than we put out before. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, we're really excited. But people that have seen us live in the last year, like at our little trio shows, have heard it. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. But it'll definitely end up, so I guess, surprising some others as well. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you like that idea, knowing that it might be the case, that some people are going to hear it and go like, whoa, what is this? Oh, yeah. I hope I so. Think so. Yeah, because I, I think, think it's with the... Or, yeah. Go no, ahead. I was going to say, I think with the contrast between Fighter and then yes. this next song, I feel like people will be intrigued to be like, well, what's the rest of the album sound like? Yes. You know, because it's like, it, they don't sound the same. Yeah, there's going to be a huge range. Yeah. I think we just believe in this album a lot, too. We love all the songs. Yeah. And so I think releasing it doesn't feel scary because it's like, I already yeah. know that I believe in it, so it's yours after this. Yeah. 
That's a really beautiful thing. Um, so here to kind of like cap things off, can you say, well, it's actually, this is going to be a funny one. Are you guys in agreement on what your favorite track off the album is? Or do you all have your individual, oh, right off the bat though. So many different ones. The shakings ones. of the house. Honestly, like it's week to week. It's day to day. Yeah. Like We love this album. Yeah, yeah. It's so nuts. Right now my favorite is In My Head. Oh, and It is? Mine is too, actually. Yeah. That's nice. The bridge. We almost <laughs> didn't. That one was a toss up of. Yeah. Almost didn't even make the album. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it changes every day, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's like whatever. Or one of us would be like, oh, my favorite one is Green Eyes. And then it's like, or actually, I really like Without You. Or actually, which feels good. It's like, it's so cool that it's like almost every song on the album, we all like kind of like, are like, wait, maybe my favorite one is that. I don't know. It's like, it feels like, I love it. We love it. Oh, that's a really beautiful thing. Guys, thanks so much for catching up. Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you again. Yeah, great to see you too. And I can't wait to see the show today. Yeah, I'm glad you're coming. Me yeah. too. Yeah, and for people listening who might not know, you'll also be back. Is it September, October? Is it September Webster Hall, I think, right? Webster Hall. Yes. Yeah. I can't remember which month. Yeah, it is either September or October. October. Oh, no, wait. I'm thinking of the Nashville show. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. It's one of those months. October. One of those months. It's on our website, <laughs> thebandjoseph.com. You can find it like Bands in Town, Songkick, all those things. Yeah, Ticketmaster. Yes. Yeah. Yep. For people in New York listening, uh, you'll be back at Webster Hall and do the autumn tour in North America, so that'd yes. be really cool. Yeah. Yes. Guys, thanks so much for catching Thank you. Thank you. Great to see you. Uh, actually, no, it's really cool. Really quick. Yeah. A lot of people surprisingly listen to these in their car, and you guys, yeah. like, the, we mentioned the talk, a big yes. album is a car. Yeah. Do you want to say t- something at the uh. end of anything listening on a car? Oh my gosh, the driver's seat is yours. They hand you the keys, baby. Oh, roll down those windows and get some wind in your hair. And listen to Joseph. <laughs> what if they don't have hair? Uh, oh, no. Actually, I was wind actually in your ears. Wind in point. your ears. I literally was having an, a thought the other day where I was like, okay, people that are bald actually should be the people that are driving... Uh, frick, what's the ca- car without the hood on top? Convertible. Convertibles. Convertibles. Because I'm like, if, if I go in there, my hair gets whipped around, it's tangled, I look like a crazy person. But I'm like, if you don't have any hair, you have nothing to worry about. Get that convertible. Come on. <laughs> <laughs>